0: It is time for our country to become dehyphenated. Find out what I mean by that on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, it is time for another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny and uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, It is exciting uh, that yesterday, uh, at at least the time I'm recording this, that uh, we can now call her Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Um, It just feels monumental and uh, quite historic. Uh, I feel like there's uh, um, something in my spirit that is vibrating uh, and I feel like there's just a shift and Uh, Just selfishly speaking for my podcast, I think it'll create many more cultural discussions uh, just with her presence on the Supreme Court and the possibilities uh, culturally uh, for our society. So I just bless her um, and the assignment uh, that the Lord has given her. And I know that you're with me on that. You know, the the election is just one week away, and I'm kind of a political junkie, as if you didn't uh, know. Um, I, I mentioned before, I don't like to talk about the politics uh, on this podcast, except for when it pertains to culture, because uh, politics is such a big part of our American culture, and it should be. That's the way the Founding Fathers set this up. And so I do lean into it wholeheartedly and look for the cultural pieces that are happening in our society. And it's interesting there is something called identity politics, and it is alive and well and flourishing. And, and I want to bring it to your attention as my listener, because it's so important that our antenna is up for some of the things that are happening in our culture. So what is identity politics? Let me just give you uh, the definition. It's a tendency for people of a, of a particular religion, race, social background, etc., to form exclusive political alliances. Moving away from traditional, broad-based party politics, identity politics. You will notice, and, and I think you'll notice it more after this podcast. Um, it is, uh, it is uh, indolent right now. It is, it is everywhere. It is all around. And I, what has been jumping out at me is the hyphen. The hyphen is a, a, a grammatical spelling mark that we all use. And uh, I believe that the hyphen in our society is creating such incredible division among people. And I believe there's actually a political spirit connected to it. And this political spirit is manifesting now more than ever. And I think it's interesting because despite uh, the current racial and societal tension that's happening in our country, it seems as if the politicians today are actually doubling down on identity politics now more than ever. And and if we're not aware of it, I'm concerned that we as a society are actually numb to it and even though we see problems in our society, such as this racial tension that is so obvious right now, we are actually participating unknowingly on both sides of the problem. Let me explain. It has everything to do with the hyphen. With the hyphen. I, I've Just let me give you some examples. I, I think it, it actually blows my mind. Uh, right now they're talking about... Uh, you know, the, the, the demographics of politics and the polling and, and, and which candidate is going to win. And, and they're targeting, (laughs) they're targeting suburban white college educated women. That's four hyphens (laughs) in that grouping. Suburban white college educated women. If Trump can just court those people, then he'll do fine. And if he doesn't, he's in trouble. Well, think about how many hyphens are in that grouping that's forming this, uh, what did I use in that definition? An exclusive political alliance. (laughs) That's what it's creating. And this is identity politics. I'm flabbergasted just even with the racial discussion how often the term people of color is actually being used even on the campaign trail. Now, let's think about this for a second. I want to use the Washington Redskins as an example. Washington Redskins is the professional football team in Washington, D.C., and the word Redskins, after being uh, uh, their, their team name for decades, has now been dropped, and this year they're just called the Washington football team or club. And they've removed the word redskins because they thought it was uh, racially motivated and disparaging toward the Native American population. And yet at the same time, this is what I'm talking about, that we're participating unknowingly on both sides of the problem. At the same time, our very politicians talk about and categorize and use identity politics to talk about people of color. Now, what color are they talking about? Black, white, yellow, red... The red people. This is what we're just talking about. Do you see the the insanity of it? They were talking about the Washington Redskins. Well, we can't call them that. And yet today we call people people of color. Now, I again would ask you to refer to my previous podcast, The Brown Initiative and The Answer is Black and White, to talk about my position that I don't believe that we are people of color. I believe we're all brown skinned. And Bible and the science actually backs that up. But these are just some examples that make you scratch your head and say, we, we hear the term people of color all the time, and yet we don't understand the fact that we're actually perpetuating the very problem in the way that we speak. I was watching a political commercial the other day, and this particular candidate said, that he was born and raised with middle class values. And I stopped and I said, you know what? We just skip over that and kind of go, oh, okay, well, that sounds noble. But let's think about that for a second. First of all, he's classified himself as a middle classer, which means there are lower classes, there are middle classes, there are upper classes. These are all hyphenated uh, categories of people based on income, socioeconomic status, And he's saying that he is born with middle class values. So what does that mean? Does that mean that those who are lower class don't have as good of values as he does? Does it mean that those with upper class have different values than he does? Let's think about this a second. It pits us against each other just by one phrase, born with middle class values. What he's saying is, it's superior, I have it, and you should vote for me. Do you see the? Do you see the insanity and the division of it all? It's it's fairly ugly when you really dig into it. And so, what group do you identify with? What are your hyphens? I mean, what are we talking about here with classes? Middle class and lower? Are we like in medieval France? Do we really live in a class system? Well, we do. We listen to it all day long. And we talk about lower class, middle class, upper class. We're not going to cut taxes for the, for the upper class, but we will cut taxes for the middle class and the, the lower class. We, we pity ourselves against each other and talk about it all the time, in politics especially, identity politics. So what are your hyphens? Well, just for fun, I, I put together myself. I hyphenated myself. This is the way a politician would probably look at me. And I have just as many hyphens as I have chromosomes. I came up with 23 hyphens that describes Dr. Johnny. Are you ready? Let me go through these. These are classifications, categories, things that you can put me in, even the way I might vote or think. And I am placed into these categories. Are you ready? I'm a 50-year-old Generation X white male. I'm Caucasian of European descent, English-speaking, socially conservative, politically libertarian, fiscally conservative, capitalist. I'm pro-life. I'm a Protestant, evangelical, (laughs) charismatic Christian. I'm heterosexual. I'm a type A personality. I'm a mixed left and right-brained. I'm an introvert, college-educated, rural voter from the upper middle class. (laughs) There there you have it. You could do it for yourself. I'm sure you'll come up with just as many. It really is a fairly fun exercise to do. But interestingly, over a hundred years ago, our president, Teddy Roosevelt, actually warned us of this. So let me read to you what he wrote in 1915 under the category of... (laughs) There's nothing new under the sun. Are you ready? Teddy Roosevelt, 1915. There is no room in this country for hyphenated Americanism. When I refer to hyphenated Americans, I do not refer to naturalized Americans. Some of the very best Americans I have ever known were naturalized Americans, Americans born abroad. But a hyphenated American is not an American at all. This is just As true of the man who puts native before the hyphen, as the man who puts German or Irish or English or French before the hyphen. Americanism is a matter of the spirit and of the soul. Our allegiance must be purely to the United States. We must unsparingly condemn any man who holds any other allegiance. But if he is heartily and singly loyal to this republic, then no matter where he was born, he is just as good an American as anyone else. The one absolutely certain way of bringing this nation to ruin, of preventing all possibility of its continuing to be a nation at all, would be to permit it to become a tangible, uh, I'm sorry, a tangle of squabbling nationalities an intricate knot of german-americans, irish-americans, english-americans, french-americans, scandinavian-americans or italian-americans, each preserving its separate nationality, each at heart feeling more sympathy with europeans of that nationality than with other citizens of the american republic. the men who do not become americans, that the men who do not become americans and nothing else are hyphenated americans. All of us, no matter from what land our parents came, no matter in what way we may uh, severally worship our Creator, must stand shoulder to shoulder in a united America for the elimination of race and religious prejudice. We must stand for a reign of equal justice to both big and small. This was 105 years ago, and it's the same conversation that we're having now because we haven't learned and we haven't paid heed to what Teddy Roosevelt said in 1915. I believe we are more hyphenated now than we have ever been. For those of the the listeners who are at least my age or maybe older, you guys remember Schoolhouse Rock? Remember that? The Great American Melting Pot. The Great American Melting Pot. It was a great episode that they would show in between cartoons just about American history and punctuation and language and all the different things that we can learn. I know my dear friends Chuck and Steph are listening. You remember Schoolhouse Rock. I know that for a fact. The melting pot theory holds that like metals melted together at great heat, the melting together of several cultures will produce, and this is key, a new compound, One that has great strength and other combined advantages. We've all heard that America is the great melting pot. It's because we actually form together a country based on our strengths all put into the pot. The definition of a melting pot is a place where different people or different cultures all come together and begin to merge and mix. America is an example of a melting pot where immigrants and people from all over the world visit and live and share thoughts and ideas to create one big new culture. It's an American culture. This is exactly what Teddy Roosevelt was talking about and what he was advocating over a hundred years ago. It's super interesting and I don't think any of us who are listening today, would be surprised that there's been a lot of writings from colleges and universities that has actually said, and I quote, the metaphor of a melting pot is no longer useful. Instead, America is more closely a salad bowl. We are all together as one, but we also have distinct cultures. Salad bowl. Here comes the hyphen, and here is the difference. When you look inside of a salad bowl, you have lettuce hyphen cheese hyphen dressing hyphen croutons hyphen tomato hyphen cucumber hyphen bacon. (laughs) Can't leave that out. Bowl. That's what you see. And here's the problem with the salad bowl is that someone like me can come around and look in there and say, well, I like the bacon the best. <laughs> and I don't like the tomatoes. And the croutons are good, but the cucumbers should be left out. Do you see what happens when we look at ourselves as a salad bowl? The, the, the salad coexists with one another, but a melting pot is additive where we actually receive strength from each other. Now, I'm not proposing that we all become the same, like cookie cutouts. This isn't some kind of Marxist, let's all become clones and all be equal and look exactly the same. I'm actually proposing quite the opposite. When we are a melting pot, we actually celebrate each other. We don't just coexist with each other. We celebrate each other and we add strength To strength. My friends, this is the American spirit. This was the American dream. That we actually find power in diversity. Not division in diversity. See, I believe what the colleges and universities were proposing as a salad bowl is dangerous. And this is what we're actually seeing right now. We are still, a hundred years later, completely ignoring what Teddy Roosevelt proposed. We are are a culture filled with hyphens. And we see each other that way. We see each other in these categories that have been artificially placed on us rather than just seeing ourselves as Americans. Roosevelt saw it, and we need to learn from it. I don't know if you remember from some of my previous podcasts, I I played and, and read to you a clip from Morgan Freeman who sat down in 60 minutes and, and, and he said something very bold. His conclusion was, is that he didn't want to be referred to as a black man or the person interviewing him as a white man, but that he has a name. He wants to be referred to as Morgan Freeman. That's his identity. And they were even talking about black history month. And he said, I don't want black history month because black history is American history. Interesting. Interesting. It's a melting pot mentality. I believe Morgan Freeman had a melting pot mentality when he saw even black history and all of its warts and its pain as American history, where we learn from it, where we grow from it, where we where we add strength to strength. I love what's happening in America right now, even though it's painful and it hurts. There, there has been an attention drawn to, to racial pain that's in this society. Now, I would argue that there aren't races at all, and that's part of the pathway to healing, in my opinion. But it's also to have a mental, to have a melting pot mentality where we see each other as Americans, where we see each other as having additive strength, where my strength is added to your strength, that I can celebrate your differences from me, that we can even have political unrest, but we see it as health because, because we are drawing from one another so that we can create a healthier society. Instead, what politicians are doing right now is they are hyphenating us and they are separating us and they are causing division and it's a political spirit. And I'm calling it out right now in this podcast. Let's, let's be aware of the political spirit that's happening and let's reject it. Let's lose the hyphens. Let's demand that politicians stop categorizing us. If we, if we are offended and, 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 and we see the pain of it and we can articulate it to them, I think it might change the way that they actually speak about us, Americans. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? Even those of us who are lighter brown skinned and those of us who are darker brown skinned and all of the different colors of brown in between. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want to be seen as Americans? And here's the punchline, my friends. Despite the 23 hyphens that I have, there's nothing about the hyphens that makes me better than you. There's nothing about the hyphens that make you better than me. But we are equal under the eyes of God and under the eyes of the Constitution and under the eyes of our fellow Americans. That's the goal. That's the heart. That's what was laid out 100 years ago by Teddy Roosevelt when he was seeing division being created in our country rather than a unifying melting pot. And he called for the melting pot. I want to take my 23 hyphens and I want to throw it in the pot... (laughs) with you so that we can become stronger. The the perspectives that I have, the graces that I have on my life, the the understanding, the life experiences that I've had, all goes into the pot. We don't want to isolate ourselves and pit ourselves against each other because that, my friends, is what creates prejudice. Prejudgment. When I look at your 23 plus categories and I thumb my nose at it and say, mine are superior to yours. My middle class values are better than you because you are lower class. What on earth? Let's change the way that we speak. Let's reject the, the identity politics that are everywhere right now. We have one more week and you guys, I promise you, Now that especially my home state is a swing state, we are being inundated with political commercials. You may have already decided who you're voting for, and I can't imagine that these political commercials are going to sway you too much either way. But with you and your children, start paying attention to what is being said in those commercials the identity politics that are being that are being uh, imposed upon you and your family start noticing them start identifying them start talking about them with your kids and with your family so that we can see that and so that we can be part of the solution that we can change the conversation it's time for us to lose the hyphens stop pitting us pitting ourselves against one another and once again have vision to be the great American melting pot. I love this country. I love what it, what it stands for. And I love the diversity that's here. Let's have the diversity. Let's have all of us come together. So that we can together go and shape the culture. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. I so appreciate you and your heart to listen and to learn. I can't wait to come and speak to you again next week. It's going to be an exciting week coming forward, and I just bless you and the decisions that you're making. And God bless the United States of America. It's the country that we love. So now let's go together to set and shape the culture.